0: Um, I think this is a good conclusion to what we have been fellowshipping. In order to live to the Lord, we have to learn what it means to follow him, to follow him. And we use this expression to follow the Lord, but I wonder what we mean by it. I am following the Lord. Or brother, follow the Lord. Okay? Luke 14 is the Lord's instructions on what it means to follow Him. If you look in your recovery version, the section of the recovery version where the verses we read, the subtitle is Teaching How to Follow the Man Savior. So this is the Lord's own instructions telling us how to follow him I want to know that don't you I have my thought about what it means to follow him let's see if we can get into his thought about what it means to follow him okay we start by saying based on did you notice in the footnote sisters there's a very particular word there that we don't often use in this context It talks about a career. What's our career? It's to follow the Lord. So we say here a Christian may have many different types of occupations, but there's only one possible career for a Christian. We all have different occupations. Maybe you're a scientist, maybe you're a professor, Maybe you're a doctor, maybe you're an accountant. That's not your career, that's your job. We all have the exact same career. Our career is to follow him. I think based on the first message we have, it, we had in this conference, you can understand what I mean by that. Because um, we talked a lot about that job stuff, right? Uh, Okay, and in that footnote, there's another striking thing. I'm sure you noticed it because it's so strong. It says, in order to succeed in this career, you have to give everything to it, everything. You don't need to give everything to your job. Don't give everything to your job. Give everything to your career. You understand my new language here? Your job wants you to give everything to it. Don't. Because if you do that, you're going to fail in your career, which is to follow him. And this career that we are in, it's unlike any other. It only works if you give it 100%. Even if you give it 90, it won't work. It will not work. So the Lord's word in Luke 14, I would say it's the strongest and the most absolute of any of the Lord's teaching in the New Testament. You know, in other places, he says, You shouldn't love your father or mother more than me. And if you do, you're not worthy of me. I I don't have any problem with that one. I said, yeah, of course, Lord. I love you more. But here he doesn't say that, does he? Let me read to you again. Maybe we made a mistake. Let's make sure we read it right. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters and moreover, even his own soul life, he cannot be my disciple. What do you do with that? Well, what we do with that is we consider it in the context of the entire Gospel of Luke. We also consider it in the context of the entire New Testament. And we, we realize the Lord never tells us to hate people. The only person we're supposed to hate is the devil. It's perfectly okay if you want to hate him. But the Lord never tells us to hate persons, does he? In fact, with our mother and father, he said, you've got to honor them. So how do we reconcile these these commandments to honor our parents? And, And did you notice in Luke, he touches all of the intimate personal relationships? Oh, it sounds hard. Well, here's what it means. Consider the context. He is teaching people how to follow Him. Sometimes the greatest hindrance to our following the Lord is our natural relationships, our human relationships. And we never, ever in our human life want to make a choice between following the Lord and pleasing the people in our human relationships we want to have both right guess what you can't always have both and I think many of you have experienced that I sure did I told you my mother and my brothers and my sisters and all of my other relatives who boy they really persecuted me when I began to follow the Lord and then I realized I have a choice to make it's a choice I never wanted to make but I had to I either had to follow the Lord or I had to make them happy they're, they're, those were the two options and if I followed the Lord not, not only will they be unhappy they're gonna think I'm crazy well that's what he means hate anything that keeps you from following him. That's what he means. Many of us struggled with this coming into the church life, our relatives I've seen even you know with a husband and wife Uh, coming into the church life it can be difficult because one is determined to follow the Lord, one is not. Um, What do we do? We make a choice. We make a choice. Okay. um, Now, it says here in Luke 14 that the Lord called quite quite a number to follow him. And the remarkable thing is everyone he called had an excuse why he couldn't do it. And they all sounded pretty good. Those excuses sounded pretty good, didn't they? The Lord didn't accept any one of those, not one. So let's, let's, let's look at them. One said, I will, I'll come, I'll come. But just not now, because I just bought a piece of land. I've got to go see it. That sounds good. I mean, the Lord's reasonable. Wouldn't he say, yeah, it's okay, come later. Go see your land. Afterwards, come later, he didn't do that. Another said, I I will, I'll follow you, but not right now because I just bought five yoke of oxen. I've got to prove them. Seems like the Lord should say, okay, go prove them, then come. Nope. Another said, I just got married. Surely the Lord is going to give this guy a pass. I mean, he just got married. Nope. Nope. And in Matthew, the corresponding passage in Matthew, Matthew 19, 22, a man said to him, I will follow you. I just need to bury my father. And the Lord was very sympathetic and said, oh, goodness, I didn't realize your father had just died. Yeah, okay, you don't need to follow me. No, no. He said, let the dead bury the dead. You follow me. See, the Lord is absolute here. You might even say, hey, that's too harsh. Don't blame me. I didn't write it. This is, let me repeat, this is the Lord's instructions. On how to follow him and in these excuses you have all the principal things that keep us from following him they all seem legitimate I got a business I just bought a field I got cattle I got to take care of my livelihood my my food my living I just got married I gotta take care of my family it just sounds all great those are the things that the enemy has systematized into the world system to keep you from following the Lord. They sound reasonable, but the Lord does not accept even one of those excuses. You know why? We're not doing him any favor by following him. (laughs) He is granting us the greatest honor and privilege that any human being could have by calling us to follow him. And basically, the Lord's attitude here is, if you can't see that, you probably shouldn't follow me. If you don't realize that what I'm giving to you is the highest honor and privilege a human being can have. If, if you don't see it that way yeah maybe you should just go back to your your field and your cattle. Interesting isn't it? And then even more interesting to explain what he means he gives them two parables. A parable of man who wants to build something, he wants to build a tower, and then another parable of a king who wants to go to war. Still, we're still talking about following him, okay, and he says that, that, uh, that man who wants to build the tower He needs to calculate. He needs to make a calculation. What is it going to cost? What is it going to cost? Because if I don't make that calculation, I don't know how to finish that, that building. I can't, and I probably won't. So before I build, I have to make a calculation. What's the cost? And then the king, before he goes to war, it says he has to deliberate. I like these words, to calculate and to deliberate. And his deliberation is this, do, do I have sufficient resources to win this war? If not, I better surrender right now. I better surrender. So what, how, do, how do we fit these two parables in the in the matter of following the lord well one is a parable of building one is a parable of fighting to build is to build the church to build up the body of christ that's the building and we have to figure out if i'm going to do that what's the cost what's the cost and the fighting is to defeat the enemy so if I'm going to engage in spiritual warfare, what does that cost? I gotta deliberate, because I gotta see if I can win. If I can't, I shouldn't go. Interesting. So you know these two things are also, these two things are also the fulfillment of God's purpose for man when he created him. To express him with his image, that's the building up of the body of Christ. And to exercise his dominion over the evil one, that's to engage in the warfare. Those two things are right here in Luke 14 in the way of a parable. Now here I, I pointed out these two words that the Lord used calculate and deliberate. You know, this calculating and deliberating, it matches another place that we didn't read today, but we read yesterday. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.14 uses the word judged. We have judged this, that one died for all, therefore all died. That's another kind of consideration, another kind of realization that in in 2 Corinthians, when he says, we have judged this, that one died for all, therefore all died, that word judged means we've considered this matter and concluded this. Okay. it also matches another verse which I like very much that I want to share with you we sometimes we quote from Judges chapter 5 there's one verse that we pick out of that chapter it says among the divisions of Reuben there were great resolutions of hearts have you heard this one? We use it a lot. And then a, another verse from Judges chapter 5, among the divisions of Reuben, there were great searchings, searchings of hearts. Well, let's spend a minute here on Judges chapter 5. That isn't a chapter we are all that familiar with. What actually happened in Judges chapter 5 is that Deborah was the judge in Israel at that time. And she, along with the king, led the children of Israel into a battle, into a battle against Sisera. And uh, by the way, you remember how, how Sisera died? She died, he died at the hands of Jael, who drove a tent peg through his temple. Um, a sister, and sometimes sisters can fight. I mean, I, I mean that in a positive way. I mean for the Lord. So Deborah leads them. And, and what Judges chapter 5 is, is Deborah's song of victory after Sisera was defeated. So read it when you get a chance. Now it'll it'll change your whole thought. Here's the thought in, in that chapter. <coughs> some of the tribes in her song of victory, she praises some of the tribes because they followed. They followed her, they followed the king. Let's see if I have those. Yeah, yeah, let me read a little to you. And the princes in Issachar were with Deborah. And Issachar was true to Barak. Into the valley they were sent behind him. So Issachar followed. She's praising Issachar. Then, listen to this. Gilead stayed across the Jordan didn't join the battle. And as for Dan, why did he remain with the ships? Why didn't he come? Asher sat at the shore of the sea and stayed at his landings. Zebulun was a people that despised their own lives even unto death. Oh, sounds like the overcomers in Revelation 12. They loved not their soul life, even unto death. Also sounds a lot like Luke 14, doesn't it? But listen to what Deborah says about Reuben. Among the divisions of Reuben, there were great resolutions in heart. Why did you sit among the sheepfolds? listening to the pipings for the flocks. In the divisions of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. So Reuben was trying to decide, should I follow, should I not? What should I do? A few of the tribes are following, a few are not. What, what's Reuben going to do? And he was hesitating. But he was considering. He searched his heart. And after he searched his heart, he made a decision. He made a resolution, a great resolution. And that resolution is, I'm going with Deborah and Beric into this war. I've thought about it. I know what it's going to cost me. I'm going. I'm going. Okay, let me ask you a question now. After you have read Luke chapter 14, is the price of following the Lord a high price? I read all the stuff you gotta do. You gotta hate your father, your mother, your sister, your brother, your wife, your children, yourself, and you have to renounce all of your possessions. Is that a high price? Half say yes, half say no. I tell you, that is a ridiculously cheap bargain. That's the best bargain in the history of the universe. It all depends what value you assign to following the Lord. So now I want to talk to you about Paul in Philippians 3. And we're going to do, I promised one of the sisters that in this meeting, We would do accounting. Because as accountants, we take a lot of grief. We need to stick together. So we're going to do a little accounting now. Because the Apostle Paul did it in Philippians 3. He did it. He made two comparisons in Philippians 3. The first comparison, he said, There were a lot of things that were gains to me. Gains to me. So let's do an account here. We'll call this one Gains. That's our account, Gains. And Paul listed in Philippians 3 the things that were so valuable to him. He said, I'm a Hebrew. I'm a Hebrew. I'm not a Gentile like you, I'm a Hebrew. Not only am I a Hebrew, I'm of the tribe of Benjamin, the best tribe, the tribe that didn't desert David. So I get Benjamin up here. Not only that, I'm a Pharisee. I'm no ordinary Hebrew. I am a Pharisee. Wow, okay, Pharisee. And. I am so educated. I have been educated by Gamaliel, the greatest rabbi, not one of those guys who taught you. And I keep the law. I keep the law. As to keeping the law, I am blameless. I don't believe that one. But that's what he said. Let's put it up there. He, he said it. Blameless. Okay. Then he compares this to what? He compares it in verse 7 or 8 of Philippians 3 to, to one thing the excellency. Of the knowledge, I'm going to abbreviate, of Christ Jesus my Lord. The excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Okay, now let's add up the two columns and see if we can settle this account. He said, I added up all of the things that were gains to me and I compared them to the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. And and when I added these up, they added up to a loss. These I have counted loss on account of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. So what, what value do I put here? What number? I got this value. It's loss. What's this one? I, there is no value. It's infinity. There is no value. So is that cheap, or is that expensive? OK, let's do the other one, also in Philippians 3. That was gains. Now we're going to do the other one. All things. All things. Moreover, I count all things to be loss. And he said, and I have suffered the loss of all things. Okay, all things, possessions. Relationships, all the things mentioned in Luke 14. Paul suffered the loss of all of them that he might gain Christ. So we have to make this comparison all things compared to gaining Christ. Gaining Christ. No, there's a lot more things under all things, but I, you know I'm not going to list them all. And he said, "I added up the value of everything I lost, and you know what it added up to? Refuse, garbage, garbage, dog food. And then, what value do I put here? The gaining of Christ. You tell me." Priceless, priceless. I can't put a value on it. So, according to Paul, looks to me like a very, very big bargain. The cost of following the Lord seems quite cheap. See, It all depends on your perspective, doesn't it? Uh, we didn't sing, does someone have a hymnal I can borrow? We didn't sing the other hymn but I want to read it, part of it to you. This is hymn 473. Listen to this. Hey, by the way, Brother Lee really loved hymn 473 when Brother John and I were in Taipei in the 80s and Brother Lee had a full-time training. Man, he had us sing this song a hundred times. And he told us, he said, this song talks about what it means to serve the Lord. Listen. No mortal tongue can ever describe the freedom of the soul when passed beyond all earthly bribe to God's complete control. All things are his. Yes, life and death, things present or to come, in Christ he finds, he draws in peace each breath. In Christ he finds his home. The second one's important. When such as we the king can choose to share with him his throne. Tis passing strange that we refuse to be our lords alone. Oh, never Speak of sacrifice. A privilege untold is to be his at any price in Calvary's hosts enrolled. Arise the holy bargain strike, the fragment for the whole. All men and all events alike must serve the ransomed soul. All things are yours when you are his, and he and you are one. A boundless life in him there is, whence doubt and fear are gone. It's a bargain. It's a privilege. Pick up these two words. It is a bargain and it is a privilege. I always tell people, do not look at the P-R-I-C-E. Look at the P-R-I-Z-E. The price is nothing compared to the price. And when we, the way we talk about it, it's like, oh, oh, the suffering that I endured to come into the church life, you just don't know. You don't know. My parents, my parents, my. You know what? Paul Paul didn't do that. He said, "Yeah, they beat me, they shipwrecked me, uh, they tried to kill me a bunch of times. It's just refuse. That's all. That's all it is. Yeah, I lost every. I lost. I lost everything. I lost my my pride. I lost my education. I lost my heritage. I." I, I lost everything it was nothing let's be like Paul let's be like Paul last point there must come a time this is my final word of this conference to you there must come a time in our life when we make a settled decision Once for all, concerning the purpose of our human life, our Christian life, and the church life. I told you when I did it, I did it a long time ago. 1978. That day changed my life. You know why? Everything's been simple for me since 1978. Because everything got decided that day. Everything. That's what we need. That's why I shared with you this, these verses about deliberating, calculating, searching our heart, resolving in our heart. You know, Brother Lee gave this testimony to us. He said he was, he was a young man. And he did this. He considered the rest of his life. He considered it. You know, we don't do this very much. We just kind of live. He considered it and he came to a conclusion. He said, the only way I can live this human life, I've got to be a Christian. Or I'll say it the way he said it. If I'm going to be a man, I must be a Christian. And then he said, if I'm going to be a Christian, I have to take the way of the church. And then he said, if I take the way of the church, I have to take it absolutely. And you know what? Made that decision, that determined the rest of his life. Never looked back. Never changed that decision. Never veered off that course. So I'd like to ask you this question, what's your life going to be for? At the end of your life, what are they going to say about you? What are they going to put on your tombstone, David? Here lies David, great scholar, successful businessman, loving father, good husband. I don't want that on my tombstone. No, thank you. If, okay, listen, you got to make me a promise because I might not get raptured. I'm hoping for it. But if I don't get raptured, here's what I want you to put on mine. This person lived his entire life as a slave to Christ and the church and nothing else. Oh,
1: what a success, what a success.
0: That will make me the most successful person. All that other stuff, so what? Oh, uh, he advanced in his career and became the CEO of blah, 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 you want that on your tombstone? Not me, no, 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 I don't want that. okay I want to close with this this consideration that we need to have it needs to result in some kind of choice there has to be a choice there has to be a decision and consecration I told you the first night consecration Is not a promise. It's not. It's not a vow. That's in the Old Testament. Consecration is a choice. It's a choice. You can't fulfill it. You can't say, Lord, I promise that as soon as I leave this door, the rest of my life I will live to you. Don't make that promise. You can't keep it you don't have the power to keep that promise but you do have the power to make a choice say Lord this is what I want this is what I choose I choose this I choose Luke 14 I choose to follow you that's what I want to do that's consecration now last verse 2nd Thessalonians 1 if you have it turn to it we're not that familiar with this verse but there's a big secret in this verse 2nd Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 11 you got to read it carefully I'll read it to you <clears throat> for which also we pray always concerning you that our God may count you worthy of your calling and may fulfill in power your every good intention for goodness and your work of faith. What is Paul saying here? He's saying you can intend something but you don't have the power to fulfill the intention but God will fulfill your intention in power. That's how consecration works. When I say, Lord, I choose this. I don't say that thinking I've got to work it out. No, after I choose it, because I have to choose it. Because the Lord will not choose it for me. And nobody else can choose it for me. So I have to choose it. As soon as I choose it, the Lord says, you want to follow me? I will fulfill that in power. Don't worry. I've got the power. You've got the intention. I've got the power. That's how it works. Actually, that's how the Christian life works. So, how do you feel about this? You know, A rich man came to the Lord in the Gospels and a rich young ruler and he asked the Lord, you know, about following him. He said, I kept all the commandments. Liar. But anyway, he said that he's as bad as Paul. He just broke a commandment when he said I kept all of them. He just lied. (laughs) Anyway, he said, I kept all the commandments from my youth. Good, good. He said, the only thing you need to do now is renounce all of your possessions. It's the exact same word as in Luke 14. He couldn't do it. And you know what it says? It says, he went away sorrowing. Please do not go away from this meeting sorrowing. You know what his mistake was? He went away. What should he have done? He should have said, Lord, Lord, I'm, I do want to renounce all my possessions. But you know I can't do that, but I will, I will. Then the Lord would have, okay. And the opposite thing happened with another man in the gospels. He came to the Lord, he said, my daughter's sick. Heal her if you can. The Lord said, if I can. All things are possible to him who believes. And then the man prayed a very unusual prayer. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. So did he believe or not believe? Hard to say, huh? He said Lord I believe I'm agreeing with you Lord I am agreeing with you amen yes help my unbelief in other words I don't trust my power to fulfill this choice but I still am making the choice that's what we do you're all at a time in your life when it's very challenging you're trying to juggle a lot of things I know, pass through that, Mike's here, John's here, we, we're on the other side of that, but let me tell you, the choice you make today, it's gonna determine the rest of your life. It will, I mean, you're, you're heading in a direction, okay? okay. I, 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 that's where I wanna go, right there. If, if I'm off even a little bit today, by the time I should be there, I'm all the way over there, because I, I got off right here. Don't do that. Make a good decision, make a good choice, make a good resolution in your heart. What's your life gonna be for? What's it gonna be for? What's your marriage going to be for? What's your family going to be for? What's your career going to be for? I'm not telling you what they should be for. I'm telling you, you need to decide what they are going to be for. Don't let it happen haphazardly. No, make a decision. And then allow the Lord to supply you to fulfill that decision. He will. That's my testimony. I had no... I told you in 1978 I didn't even know what I was saying I just knew that the Lord captured me and I just told him I'm gonna follow you my whole life I'm gonna serve you my whole life full time I don't care about anything else I don't want anything else how could I how could I have possibly fulfilled that but the Lord fulfilled it so we we intend he fulfills Okay, I'm going to stop here. We have time for some sharing from you. I think, don't we? Yeah, I have to leave after this, so I want to hear.